it's almost like I didn't want to take that risk because I didn't want to say, oops, I made a mistake. And that is the worst thing you can do. Because if you're not willing to take the risk, it's not going to work. You're listening to episode 75 of the Biz Women Rock podcast. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this entire podcast is here so that you can access great stories from phenomenal businesswomen from all over the world who are here to share their journeys with you. I have a great story to share with you today, and that is with Lisa Shock. And Lisa and her husband, Jim, own a company called Toffee To Go, which happens to be here in my backyard. Like literally, their location is right across the street from me, <laughs> which is a little dangerous, let's be honest, because it's Toffee and it's phenomenal. They were chosen as one of Oprah's favorite things in 2013, and you're about to hear why. So let's roll. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. It's awesome. Thank you. I'm just thrilled to be chatting with you today. I know. I'm so excited. I've had the pleasure of knowing you personally for a couple of years now, and I have just been so enthralled by your story, your business story, the business that you run with your husband for all these years. And so I'm so excited to share that with everyone listening today because it's just a phenomenal one. You have the company Toffee to Go, and I think it's everyone's dream to be able to like work in the candy factory, <laughs> to be able to <laughs> just have a cool business with a cool product. And that's definitely what you have. But you did not start there. I would love to know a little bit of a background as to kind of who you were before you started doing this toffee thing. Actually, I was a stay-at-home mom. My career path was in the hospitality industry, in the, the hotel industry, in sales. And when I had my first daughter 24 years ago, I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home and raise her. And then I had a second daughter. So um, I was on a tight budget. My husband was also in the hotel industry as a you know, general manager, director of operations. And so we were, you know, a one-income family. So we used to bake cookies to give away at the holidays, you know, tight budget, couldn't really buy a lot of gifts and stuff. So, and I had a love of baking. So we did that. And when I tried his family toffee recipe, when we were up visiting him in Indianapolis, I went crazy. I loved it so much. I wanted to just take it in the bathroom and eat it all by myself. So um, <laughs> it was it was that good. And Keith Bar was my favorite candy bar growing up. So it was a great fit. And I didn't even know they had this recipe before I married him. So that was an added extra bonus. <laughs> I love anyway, it. <laughs> his sister taught us how to make it. Thank you, Diane. And we started, the cookies started to get too labor intense. We'd make about a thousand cookies at the season. And so I told Jim, I said, I don't think people are appreciating the cookies, even though they're fabulous. They're so time-consuming. We have little kids. It's too much work. Let's make the toffee. The toffee is a lot of work, too, but you're just doing one thing and not making several different kinds. So we started making the toffee, giving it to friends and family, and everybody raved about it. And so a friend of mine said, Lisa, this is 
unbelievable stuff. You have to sell this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's no way. It's way too hard to make. It's way too expensive. No way. And on the 20-minute car ride home from her house, I gave it a second thought, and I thought, well, I can use the extra money. We're going to do this. So my (laughs) husband came home from work, and I said, honey, we're going to make the toffee, and we're going to sell it. And he's such an agreeable guy. And I've had lots of harebrained ideas in our 27 years of marriage. And so he just agreed. He said, okay. So I went to the Dollar Tree. I bought a bunch of little dollar tins. And I started telling all my friends, telling all my family. And I started selling the toffee. So it kind of turned into this little business. We made some money the first year, you know, just at Christmas time. It was great. I had, I don't know, $1,000 or something to call my own. And we sold, I think, 125 pounds of toffee. The next year, we sold 250 pounds of toffee. And it started to kind of grow. And my husband said, honey, people just like it because they're your friends or they're your family or whatever. And I said, (laughs) no, I'm telling you, they love this stuff. I think we have something here. And he just kept poo-pooing me. And I would do little church shows and little craft fairs where I would sell the toffee. So I I made him come to one. I said, you have to see the reaction. So he came to one and and he was blown away. He couldn't believe it. So a couple years, fast forward a couple years, he quit his career job and we said, we're going to do this. We're going to get a commercial kitchen and we're going to make toffee and we're going to sell it. And that is how we got started. So what's so interesting to me about that is that you were doing this all out of your home, right, for the first couple of years? I mean, you were just sort of like making it in your kitchen, getting the stuff from the Dollar Tree, wrapping it all up. And what? how did you decide on what you were going to charge to people? How were you getting people interested in it? Other than like that first batch of people that you were calling, like how were people finding out about you? Well, honestly, I am a Tampa native, so when I'm, I know a lot of people in town. So I would just tell one person, they would tell another person, they would tell another person. And we just kind of got the word out. My family was instrumental in spreading the word. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of always promoting people. If it's something I like, I tell everybody about it. So I'm pretty good at that part of the business. You know, I'm pretty good at Showing, you know, showing people, giving them a sample, always giving them a taste to put in their mouth. So I don't know. It just, we were just very lucky. Neighbors were asking for it. Friends that I went to high school started asking for it. My parents' friends, just kind of our community was really excited about it. They'd come to my house and pick it up. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is, this is great. And that's why we called it Toffee to Go because they would just come to my house and go, pick it up and go. There are so many people out there who have created something that are making it in their kitchen, and it's gotten to that point where now they have to actually invest in the commercial kitchen. They have to invest in – there's a whole heck of a lot of stuff when you talk about food and making food okay and getting it through certain testing and getting the nutritional label on it and all that sort of stuff. So can you talk a little bit about – what things you had to prepare in order to really take it official? Well, first of all, we had no idea what we were doing at all. (laughs) We had no business plan. We just said we were going to do it. 
so we found a space, very small. It was a 1,000 square feet. Nowadays, there's a lot of kitchens that you can rent and just cook your product there, which I would highly recommend. Back when we started Toffee to Go, there was no place that you could just rent a commercial kitchen because people would say, oh, why don't you, you know, find a catering company or a restaurant or someplace like that that you can cook from. But back then, that's before the recession. And so businesses were booming. They weren't thinking creatively on, oh, I can rent this to somebody and make a little extra money. So we rented the space, um, which was hilarious because we signed a five-year lease. My husband is terrified of commitment, although he's been married to me for 27 years. Um, <laughs> but he just signing that lease was very nerve-wracking. You know, this is a man that's provided for our family, and now he has no income at all. We have zero income. So we have to make it work. So we, he went down to, I don't know, wherever you get the license for, and he said, they said, the city said, what are you doing? And he says, I'm manufacturing toffee. And they said, okay. They came back and they said, I'm sorry, that's not zoned for manufacturing. Oh, my gosh, we've already signed the lease. What are we going to do? So Jim says, what is it zoned for? And he said, it's zoned for retail. And he said, okay, I'm going to have a retail shop. <laughs> Make it so work, city, right? <laughs> yep. So the city said, okay. So that's why we have a retail shop now. And really, it's 25% of our business. So we're really glad that we did that. So we would cook in the back, and we had this tiny little retail shop that people would come in, and it was not in a great retail location or anything, but they'd come in and say, oh, wow, toffee. Okay, what else do you do? And I was like a proud peacock. I said, we do milk chocolate almond, we do dark chocolate pecan, and we do white chocolate macadamia nuts. That's it. And I think all those people would buy it, and I think they walked out of that door thinking, wow, they are going to be out of business in six months. <laughs> so it worked out for us, fortunately. Were you and Jim the ones literally, like, making the toffee, doing everything yourselves, or did you, in those early years, did you have team members who were in charge of certain components? Oh, no, no, no. It was Jim and Lisa. It was the Jim and Lisa show. <laughs> he would cook. We did. We hired a neighbor of ours for about 10, maybe 15 hours a week. And, you know, we weren't paying ourselves. It was hard to pay anybody. So we only had her for a few hours a week. And Jim would cook on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Thursday, we'd pack up the minivan. We He would drive to, I don't know, Columbia, South Carolina, Birmingham, Alabama, you know, all these different cities, wherever he could find a, a craft show or a Christmas show or anything like that, we would sign up for them. We used to do about 40 or 50 a year. Wow. So he'd drive, it, it was a lot of work. He would drive there on Thursday, set up the booth, sell Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then come home Sunday night, get home about 2 a.m., and then he'd be back at the toffee shop about 7 a.m. making toffee the next morning. That was our life. I mean, we were carnies. I mean, it was I, – I didn't have Thanksgiving with my husband for 10 years because there was a really good show in Jacksonville. He would leave on Thanksgiving morning. We'd have Thanksgiving, like, you know, with the, with the girls and, and myself on Wednesday night. And then he would leave Thursday morning and go set up at the show and he had to set up on Thanksgiving. So we did it, but you know what? It paid our bills. 
You know, it got us more customers. And then as things got busier, we would add an employee here and there. And, you know, then we worked up to maybe three people just for the Christmas season. You know, so each, each year we would add more and more staff. What were you guys doing during this time to, like, make sure that you were moving forward in a strategic way? I know you said you didn't start with a business plan, but obviously once your feet are in it, I mean, you realize okay, we need to kind of know where we're going. While you guys were sort of in that thick of it, what kind of things were you doing to make sure that you were both moving in the same direction and at least kind of moving forward where you wanted to go? So one of the things that we did was go to the wholesale shows. So that is us going to the Atlanta gift show. We're a vendor and we're selling our coffee to gift shops around the country. So when we were at that show, I noticed that some people private labeled their coffee. And I thought, golly, they're putting logos on their products. We ought to do that. We ought to sell ours, but not do it wholesale like that. Do it retail and, and sell it to corporations for corporate gifting. So that's kind of where the private label part of our company, which is about 40% of our business, came wow. up doing corporate corporate gifting. So that was just a huge revelation for us because it just it just worked. I don't know. It just happened. And so we started kind of marketing to financial planners, real estate agents, banks, any kind of salesperson, anybody, typically anybody that has a client does a gift at Christmas time. And if they don't, they probably should. So we just started bending over backwards to offer a fabulous product but do a lot of customization and say, okay, well we you have you have thirty gifts that you need to give. We can individually ship them for you. You know, we can do a customized card. We can do this. So we tried to make it very easy on the clients. So that's we saw that that was going to work. Another thing that we noticed when we would do these shows, all of a sudden people started asking for assorted. Oh, I wish you had a box with all three flavors in it, you know. So, of course, I'd go back to Jim the next day. I said, all right, we got to do a box with all three flavors. That's what people want. So, you know, we always kind of listened to what our customers dictated. Oh, I wish you had a smaller size. Oh, I wish you had a bigger size. So we just kind of did that, and it worked. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I wish you did. You know, I wish you would do sugar-free. But really, they don't want the sugar-free. It's not. I, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it doesn't sell. A luxury. Yeah, it's an affordable luxury product. They don't even. Add, a lot of people sometimes say, "Oh, do you have a new flavor?" Da da da. They really don't want that. They're mentioning it. If we did a new flavor, they try it and go back to their tried and true. So I think a lot of people we deal with kind of like the fact that it's only three flavors you know, three different box types and four different sizes. It's pretty simple. Now, you guys had a major, major transition in your business when you changed one major thing about your company and how you guys package things. So I want you to tell everyone a little bit about that. Like, what did your packaging look like before and how did you make a transition and what kind of an effect did it have? It was unbelievable, the transition from the old packaging to the new packaging. First, we went from the Dollar Tree 
Christmas tins <laughs> to the gold, they were called gold ballotin boxes. And they were just kind of fold over rectangular boxes. I mean, they were nice. And we would tie tool around the top of them. Like we put the toffee in a cello bag, put it in, put a little stickle on it, and then tie ribbon. Because people really liked that it was wrapped and ready to go, that they didn't have to add the bow. The bow was key. So we would do the gold box, but we would have a different color ribbon for the flavors. So milk chocolate almond had red, dark chocolate pecan had dark green, and white chocolate macadamia nut had cream. So we did that for, I don't know, five years, I think, we did the boxes. And I had been begging Jim to change the packaging. We know he's a man. They are not all about packaging. You know, they want to go in the store and buy it. They don't care what it looks like. You know, <laughs> and women, we want it to look free. You know, we want the whole experience has to be good from opening it up, from first of all, from seeing it, then opening it up. Then it almost makes it taste better if it's in a pretty box. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just makes a difference. So, you know, he's the money guy, I'm the visionary, and he was, no, 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 no. You know, finally, the girl that handles our marketing said, this has to happen. You you have to. So finally, I just put my foot down and said, okay, we're doing it. This is, we're, we're changing the packaging. And it's, it is a terrifying thing because you're ordering a lot of boxes. You're trying out new colors new style, you have no idea if it's going to be a complete flop or if it's going to be fabulous. So I worked with Denise and she came to me and she says, I think this green and brown, I think green and brown are so pretty together. They make me hungry. Let's look at the color palette and everything. So we, you know, looked through all these colors and, you know, back then it was, what was very hot was blue and brown. Blue and brown was very in back then. So it's kind of a, a risk, you know. We looked at a lot of different packagings and we wanted to make sure that it was easy and we knew the customer would love having the bow on it because we knew that from the last time we had the packaging. So we took that new packaging to market and it was an instant success. I mean, the second we set up our booth, people were like, oh, is this the first time you've been here? You know, oh my gosh, I want to order a case. I want to order a case. So that was very exciting. And Jim saw immediately, he was like, wow, okay, packaging is important. <laughs> People, they were ordering it without even trying it, which of course upset my husband because he made every batch. And he's like, you've walked past my booth for five years and you've never tasted my coffee, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you got to try it and love it. What is so great about that story is that the visual of your packaging, you went from like little bags that you would get at the dollar store to thick cardboard, beautifully colored boxes in different sizes. They're stacked together. It looks like a tower if you're ordering kind of multiples. And it's just beautiful. I mean, it looks like a gorgeous gift wrap. You can just kind of take it as it is and go give it to somebody as a gift, which is a great time saver. So absolutely, I just love the fact that you really made a risk of an investment because that it was definitely a lot larger of a cost for you, but you saw the results of that immediately. You've alluded to a handful of times about the fact that you and your husband sort of look at business very differently. <laughs> you know, as somebody to who works- To say the least. <laughs> yeah, as somebody who works with my husband, I can absolutely identify with that. 
that. I oftentimes say that like, we're just two super passionate people who look at the same business in very different ways. And we clash, we clash, we clash. But at the end of the day, that ends up serving the business very, very well. Talk a little bit about you guys have been working together in this company in some capacity for 16 years. I mean, four years out of your home first and now 12 years sort of legitimately in the business space. What have been maybe some of the, the biggest hiccups that you guys have had as a couple working together? And how did you move beyond that? It was very difficult at first because Jim was the breadwinner, was the boss of hundreds of employees when he was in the hotel business. And then he comes to Toffee to Go and we're supposedly 50-50, even playing field there. And I think I remember the first time he tried to tell me something and I said, oh, no, no, you're not the boss of me here. <laughs> he was like, okay. But then I think... For me, I always had the vision of Toffee to Go, but I didn't ever really know the business aspect of how to make it all happen. So I would rely on Jim's expertise in a lot. So a lot of, a lot of times for me, I would feel like, oh, he knows more about it than I do. So he has to make the final decision. It's almost like I didn't want to take that risk because I didn't want to say, oops, I made a mistake. And that is the worst thing you can do, because if you're not willing to take the risk, it's not going to work. You have to be all in. So we just learn from our mistakes that, oh, my gosh, we make so many of them. And I just call them continuing education classes. Yeah, I like just that. <laughs> make, yeah, you just make the mistake. As long as you learn from it for the next time, then it served its purpose, you know. Yeah. So I think my hardest part as a business person was believing in myself that, you know what, I can make the decision about the packaging. I know that the packaging is important. And so now sometimes I'll just go to him and say, I already did this. And I think he chokes a little bit, but then he's like, okay, it's almost a relief than to ask him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Did it take you guys a while to figure out like who takes full ownership over what or who has, you know, wh whose roles are what? Because I mean, between my husband and I, like there's certain areas that I know he needs to have the final say in and there are areas that I have the final say in. And so that is so true with us too. It okay. really is. We always come together for the greater good of the company. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're, you're there because you want a successful business. So in the long run, it's compromise. It's, and it's, it, it just depends on, he gravitates more towards operations, accounting, that kind of stuff. And I'm more sales and marketing, PR, and, and the vision of it all. I mean, you have, Jim would, would still be doing the Dollar Tree tens. I'm not kidding you. He would still <laughs> be, because he doesn't, he just makes it happen. He doesn't look for the next thing. And I look for what I think our, I visualize what I think our company should be. I visualize all the employees and the big production and that it's shipping nationwide and all that. So, 
That's such a great combination. Such a great combination. That, that And I would actually describe that as very, very similar to how my husband and I work, although reverse. He's constantly just, what's around the corner? Or what are people thinking that they might want, that they don't even know that they want, that we could be in that space when they're ready and they know that they want it. And I'm sort of like, okay, let me take this idea and let me now map it out. Let me implement it. I'm like the implementer extraordinaire. Like, okay, now let's right. go with it. And it's a really right. great I'm, compliment. It, it is a great compliment. But what I tell you, you between the two, you can't do everything. And I think that's one of the hard, that is one of the hardest lessons when you have your own business is you have to rely on other people if you want your company to grow. You know, Jim and I are extremely old fashioned. We are not tech savvy whatsoever. So we have to depend on other people for their expertise and what we need. And anyway, that's, that's serving as well as we move to our new location. You know, we're getting a new software program and just a lot of more technological stuff that will help our production be more seamless. We still hand make the toffee in very small batches. So we still cook it like we did at home. But the shipping and the taking of the orders and all that, if you don't have a good system, it's, it's difficult. Now, you guys had a massive experience in your business in 2013 in that you were chosen as one of Oprah's favorite things in her magazine, in O Magazine. Now, that was huge. And we're going to talk about what sort of effect that had on your business. But that did not happen in a silo. I mean, your experience with Oprah and being recognized as one of Oprah's favorite things started years ago. I really want to get into this for the fact that you are very intentional with what you want to experience in your company. So give us a little bit of the backstory as to how this whole Oprah thing actually really started. Well, when we first started Toffee to Go was the first year that Oprah started her favorite things on her show. And I was, a, you know, I used to watch the show all the time. And I looked at that show and I said, oh my gosh, we need to be on that show. And I told him, I said, we're going to be on Oprah's favorite things. And I mean, that was 12 years ago. I just knew it. That was, I, I put it out there. I put it out there. So every time I did a networking event where you had to um, do a little speech or anything, I would always end by saying, we're going to be Oprah's favorite things. That's my goal. <laughs> That's my dream. I'm... 12 years of it. And I, I remember when <clears throat> her show ended a couple of years ago, I sat and I watched the favorite things and I had tears in my eyes and I cried and I looked at Jim and I said, I, I, I'm just devastated that I never made that happen. I, that it never happened. I'm just, I'm devastated, but I had to let it go. I'm like, okay, you know what? It was meant to be. Maybe we wouldn't have been able to keep up with production, you know, whatever. But I always had that as my goal. Then fast forward, I think it was four years ago, we were making money, but we were still frugal. So I said, I'm going to send Gail, who's Oprah's best friend, some coffee. I'm going to send it to the magazine. I had seen Gail on the show, and she was talking about how she loves the sweets, and she's such a foodie and everything. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to send it to the magazine. It's a complete shot in the dark. So I send a large tower, which, you know, sells for like $100. So that in itself was a lot. I could ne have never told this to my husband. <laughs> and um, I had to overnight it to Gail at the Oprah magazine. 
And there's a very small chance that she's going to get it because I'm sure people send packages, hundreds of packages all the time. So it was just kind of a frivolous thing to do, but I, I just was going to do it. So I told my office manager, I said, okay, Jamie, we're going to mail this coffee to Gail at Oprah Magazine. And she, I said, we have to overnight it with an ice pack and a cooler because it was in the summertime. And she says, does Jim know about this? And I said, no, he doesn't. And he's not going to find out. <laughs> like, okay. So, you know, I really don't keep too much secret. I mean, I really, we're pretty honest about everything. But I thought, you know what? He just doesn't need to know this because he would think it's ridiculous. So we sent it. I never heard anything. Really had totally forgotten about it. Then at a gift show, I meet the creative director of her magazine. I said, oh, let me get you a press kit. He says, I don't need a press kit. I know who you are. And I said, you do? And he said, yes. And I said, how did you know? And he said, I've tasted your toffee. I remember the toffee, and I remember the package. And I thought for a minute, I must have had this completely dumbfounded look on my face. I said, where did you taste the toffee? And he said, you sent it to the magazine. And I said, that was four years ago. I said, "If if you remember our toffee, after four years, I think we should be considered for one of Oprah's favorite things, don't you? <laughs> and it was kind of a gutsy thing to say, but you know what? it just came out of my mouth. So, um, And he was precious and so nice. And the next thing I know, I'm sending him a, a, a tower and a note and a press kit and thanking him. And the next thing I know, they're calling and asking if we would overnight samples for Oprah to try. And of course, I started crying on the phone. I was beside myself that <laughs> I can't believe 12 years I've wanted this and you know now we're sending the samples so it was that I visualized it happening in fact I used to visualize what outfit I would wear on her show when I got her favorite thing nice <laughs> yep I'm a big believer in that that is so awesome so you went through that process to actually get on the list this happened in what November of 2013 that you sort of got the official yes you're on October 14th, we got the official, you are chosen. So, of course, we were just ecstatic. But then, of course, we were terrified because we had to produce a lot of toffee. So we started cooking 24 hours a day, not knowing how much business it was going to. My husband's like, oh, you know, how much business can it it give you? And I'm like, listen, you better start cooking 24 hours a day because we're going to get the onslaught. This is Oprah, come on. This is Oprah, you know, and again, he just was clueless about that. So um, his his viewpoint, which is just hilarious when we think back about it, he said, Lisa, there's only two things that can happen here. We can either, we're either going to make way too much toffee and I'm going to be stuck with thousands of dollars worth of inventory or we're not going to have enough and our customers are going to be furious. And I said, oh, my God, you've just turned my dream into something horrible, you know, (laughs) into this bad thing. I said, Jim, sit back for a minute. We just got Oprah's favorite thing. It's going to be phenomenal. Please enjoy this. This is huge. So then he he thought about it in a minute. And, you know, he's the production operations guy, so he's just trying to – add up everything. Oh my gosh, is there going to be enough hours in the day to produce enough coffee for this? So he was just a little nervous. Once the initial shock wore off, he was, of course, thrilled about it. 
What kind of stuff did you guys have to prepare? Actually, let's talk about your website specifically because that's really where a lot of this stuff would go to. I mean, people calling you up, going to your website, making orders. What kind of preparations did you have to do to make sure that you were ready for that? Because I would imagine that that Oprah's people, like in order for you to be chosen, you have to show that you can actually handle everything, right? Exactly. So, and they don't, they don't prep you too, too much because they really can't guarantee if you, how many people are going to buy it or whatever. So, but the, the big thing that happened to us besides the Oprah was the Oprah people called and said, okay, Oprah's got five items that she wants to put on Good Morning America introducing her list to people. So the creative director of her magazine, Adam Glassman, was going to do a a segment of Deals and Steals and showcase five items, and they wanted Toffee to go to do one of those items. Okay, that's five million people, national TV, being endorsed by Oprah. Wow. You couldn't get any better. Yeah, it's huge. So we had to commit to be able to make, I, I can't remember, maybe a thousand or two thousand towers and twenty five hundred one pound boxes that we would guarantee that we would make for this twenty four hour period of time. So we we did that and I mean you're talking November fifth and we didn't find this out till like, I don't know, mid third week of October, I think they called me. Oh wow. So we had to work with Patrick, who came in and did all this IT stuff, and he was like our liaison of how to set up. We had to have a whole nother website infrastructure set up that would handle all those orders because our website would not be able to. So he handled all the technological stuff, and I don't know, I don't understand any of it, but it was something like you had to balance the load or I don't know, so, so something that so that when you get hit hard, it will work. Right. And right, so right. that's what we had to do. And of course, it's expensive. It's not cheap. So, you know, then I have my husband over there is like nervous. And I'm like, honey, don't worry about it. You have to put this money into it. I said, it, it's going to be worse if our website crashes and we can't take the orders. So he was like, okay, you're right. You know, you're right. Yeah. So that was, that was a whole layer on top of the Oprah thing was to be on Good Morning America. So that was very exciting. Our local press was incredible and so supportive. And every news station was doing stories on us and radio stations. And it was so exciting. I mean, it was just, it was like a whirlwind. And because of all the local press, we got so many people coming in. Our, Our retail shop was booming all through the holidays. So it was, it was awesome. It was, it was something that I will I would say it was the highlight of my life. <laughs> you know, the highlight of my professional career, for sure. So what was the actual realities of the after effect? So you were on TV, you were listed in the magazine. What really happened, like, as soon as those things went live? Oh, my gosh. Web orders started flooding in. Phone calls. The phone, we had to add four more phone lines. So we had eight phone lines ringing. And they were all ringing all the time. People coming in the retail shop. It was so cute. Oh my gosh. People would come up. We had this huge banner made 
and uh, you know that showed Oprah's favorite things and the toffee and the magazine uh, cover. People would stand outside. They would take their picture with it. They would want us to come outside and pose with it. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was really exciting. I mean, people were just so excited for us. And that was just the most awesome thing that could have ever happened. I mean, getting the Oprah recognition was huge. But the local support of people was just I still get goosebumps and tears when I think about it. So now you've been almost a year past kind of the Oprah effect. You guys have, you know, really just been staying busy, staying busy. What, where are you guys going from here? Like, where is the next phase of Toffee to go? We definitely outgrew our production facility. And last year, that I would say that was probably one of the hardest things is not having enough space to do all this. So we purchased a great new production facility that is a lot larger than what we have now. We have 3,000 square feet now, and this one is 16,000 square feet. So we have so much more storage space. We have a loading dock, which we would, I don't know, send out three, 4,000 packages every day right before Christmas, and it would take us four hours with seven employees just to load the FedEx semi-truck wow. so, or semi-trailer. So now we'll have a loading dock. We'll be able to just palletize the coffee. It, it probably will take us 10 minutes to load the FedEx truck or 20 minutes, something like that. So just having that space will be incredible for the efficiency of our production facility. Very excited about that. After all these years, from going from somebody who is in the hospitality industry to a stay-at-home mom to having a business that started in your home to now, you know, building this great company that employs a lot of people and delivers a lot of yummy, tasty treats all over, what is one of the biggest ways that you have evolved as a businesswoman? I think uh, believing in myself, just saying, you know what, you can do it. You, if you don't know how to do it, figure it out, have faith, ask questions, learn from the other business owners, and just ask questions. You can definitely go to toffee2go.com to taste this amazing toffee. Honestly, the best toffee I've ever had in my life. It's really, really good, and I'm not just saying that. Oh, thanks, Katie. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story with us today. Oh, it was just a great treat. Thank you so much. And I appreciate all the great questions. And I appreciate anybody that listens to it. So I thank you so much, Katie. The show notes for this conversation with Lisa today are waiting for you at bizwomenrock.com forward slash forward slash that it seems to be a very hard word for me to say forward slash 75. Anyway, I really, really loved how she had a vision in her mind. She sees where she wants her company to go, or she sees something that she wants to accomplish or have, like, you know, being on Oprah and being Oprah's favorite things. And then she goes after it and then she manifests it and it just comes to fruition. She's a big believer in that, obviously. And I loved that she really got. Uh, pretty detailed about how she made that happen. I really, really love that. And if you're a toffee lover, make sure you go to toffee2go.com in order to order some really amazing toffee. 
And all of those links will also be in the show notes for today, okay? I hope you have a great one and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.